the, the reason I was proclaiming that open heaven, because I saw it, and the Lord wants to bless. And um, um, we're, we're, we're just needing, as a church body, to come into a place where um, we create the atmosphere for miracles. And that's going to happen in worship. It's going to happen in worship. An atmosphere for mir- 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 <laughs> miracles. Miracles, yes, miracles. <laughs> and, and healings and, and what God wants to do. And so it's important that we're all working together, all working together to bring that into manifestation. Amen? All working together. See, if you just, um, it's, it's a corporate anointing that comes on. Corporate anointing that comes on the church to do this, to, to worship and to praise. When we're doing that, that corporate anointing comes on and creates an atmosphere for those miracles and healings to happen. And so everybody, we're working together. Amen? We're working together. And so um, it's, like, it's like anything else. You can't just sit there and wait for God to do it. you got to activate it. you got to get involved. you got to do it. Whether it's healing, whatever it is, whatever it is, God's giving you the word. So you take the word and you put action to it and it brings about what you want. Amen? So, okay. Um, um, I think we're going to... Oh, let's pray. Shall we please? Just go ahead and pray strong in your prayer language. Pray strong in your prayer language. I'm going to share a little bit what you shared with me this morning, Carol. It seems to fit right here, and it goes along with the corporate anointing. There's a large church, and if I said the name of the church in Minnesota, you probably would know it. But there's a large church up there. When the when COVID hit, they, um, uh, you know, shut down like I mean we did for a few weeks but then we picked back up and and started and just went for it but they shut they shut down and did the streaming and the pastor now is saying he said this was a move of the devil to get the churches to cease do what they're doing and they're not able to get this is the large church they're not even getting half of their people tell me if I'm saying something wrong here Carol they're not even able to get half their people back to church their finances are okay, but the people aren't there. And I was just as I was, I was, I was going to have her share, and then I said, "No, nah, it's okay." And, and but you know, just what I shared about the worship, the corporate worship, and the importance of establishing an atmosphere for miracles. They can't. Where's the body of Christ? 
in that church? Where's the body of Christ? They're trying to get them so that they can come and participate, you know, to come together to be the body of Christ. And so it's really important that, that we are here and we are doing what God wants us to do. Worship and praise and give him glory and honor. Because it's him. It's him that's going to do the healings. It's him that's going to do the miracles. It's not me and it's not you. But we have to be that vessel ready to let him go through us. Amen. Flow through us. Amen. And so so um, it's just really important. It's important that the body comes together and, and, and worships together and gives God glory together. Pray, pray for those who are hurting, you know, and stand in the gap for them and um, pick them back up and put them back in their position. Amen. Amen. If you see somebody that isn't here today, if you see someone that isn't here today or someone that's hurting, catch them after church or those that aren't, aren't here, pray for them. Pray for them. And so um, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, we just lift up the body of Christ now, the, right now, this body. I'm talking about this body in Jesus' name. And we break the power of all demonic attack in the name of Jesus. I command that the demonic attack against this church and the people that fellowship here, I command you to get off of them in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I serve notice on you and you have no place here. And I thank you, Father, that Jesus is Lord here. Jesus is Lord. And we give him all the glory and the honor. Jesus is Lord. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, that you meet every need that the people here have, that fellowship here. We thank you, Father, for bringing healing to their bodies, healing to their bodies in Jesus' name. Restore back everything that the devil has stolen in the name of Jesus. We speak healing. We speak life. We command hope to rise up in Jesus' name, strength to come into their bodies. We command their minds to be at peace in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Father, that greater is he that's in them than he that's in this world. And I speak to their man to rise up in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. I think again, go back to praying in tongues, please. I'm, I'm trying to follow what the Lord wants to do. I'm hearing several times new day rising and I've heard, I heard that Wednesday night in prayer and also I've heard it a while back, but new day rising, new day rising, new day rising, new day rising. I believe that's the, of course for the church, but the church is, is, um, coming into a place where that new day is rising. The church has to move into a place where they're going to be 
the voice in this land. They're going to be the the position in this land, the God position. You see what I'm saying? New day rising. New day rising. New day coming forth. Rising, coming forth. Rising, coming forth. And I think that's important that we keep that before us and not let the circumstances that want to um, be boisterous in our in our ears, the winds and the waves, not let them dominate our life. Not let them dominate our life. Because, see, God has made a way of escape out of every situation. He's made a way of escape. Do you believe that? Yeah. Do you believe that? Yes. He's made a way of escape. A way of escape out of every situation. He knows the way out. Amen? He knows the way out. Anybody have, um, as they were, been, were praying something from the Lord? Scripture verse, anything on your heart that you would like to share? A simple phrase, like New Day Rising. Simple phrase, anything. Let's pray just a little bit more, please. Father, we just thank you for that new day rising. We call forth that new day rising, that new day to come forth in Jesus' name, that new day and that new way, Father, for the church to come forth, that, Father, they're going to do exploits. They're going to step into areas, Father, that they have never been before, and most of them have never seen it. So I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father, that you're preparing the church. You're preparing this body. You're encouraging them. You're giving a hope, a hope, Father, a hope against all hope, the natural hope, a hope that's your hope, Father, rising up in them, in Jesus' name. Father, they'll not turn their heads to the right or to the left, but their focus is on you. Their focus is straight on you, looking at you, not wavering, not doubting, not in unbelief, but, Father, their focus is on you because you're leading this army. You're leading this church. You're leading the church at large. And I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father, that there is a new day rising and it's coming forth in great glory and great expectation and great exploits, great miracles, great healings. Father, coming forth in Jesus' name, great big moves of people all at once. All at once coming into the kingdom of God. All at once coming in, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Great exploits. Great exploits. People that have been wrong in their thinking where their um, the gender thing is. Father, I thank you that there is a great multitude, a great huge people, group of people that are coming in from this in Jesus' name. And we call them in. We break the power of that devil off their minds and their emotions that have lied to them and said, this is the way you're supposed to go. This is who you're supposed to be. It's a lie from the devil. I break its power. I command it to get off of them in Jesus' name. And we call those people into the kingdom. We call those people into the kingdom in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 We serve a great God. You are a great God. And I love you, Father. I love you, Jesus. And I love you, Holy Spirit. I give you all the glory. You all the glory. Let's give him glory. We give you glory. We give you glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. We welcome your presence here. We welcome your presence. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Um, 
I'm not yelling. Do you think I'm yelling? <laughs> I mean, you should know me by now. When I do, when I'm, I'm not yelling, it's coming out of my inner man. And my inner man, my, this uh, Holy Spirit wants to love God so much. He wants to worship him. He wants to give him glory. And I just express that. I just got to express that. Same with uh, praying in the prayer language. When the devil is mad about something, I mean, when God's mad about something, well, the Holy Spirit, he'll get aggressive after it. He will. And so, hey, you know what? You're an expression of him here on this earth. Amen? Amen. Okay. All right. So, um, <laughs> you can open your Bibles to Luke 4. Luke 4.38, please. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Let's say this, everybody together. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I love you, Father. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Holy Spirit. I yield to the greater one in me. And I thank you, Father, for all that you have done, for sending Jesus, then the Holy Spirit. And I declare my lordship to Jesus. My lordship in Jesus' name. I declare that Jesus is my Lord. I declare, I declare it, that Jesus is Lord. Okay, I think that's better. That's better. All right. Okay, you know, we were talking about um, healing the last few Sundays, or several Sundays. And, um, and so I wanted to, um, kind of go over a little bit more. We, we kind of went through fast last Sunday, different places in the new Testament where people received their healing. And this is important to know because see, you already healed. You understand that you already healed. The devil comes to steal, kill and destroy. And Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So, so if you're sensitive, you'll be sensitive by praying in the spirit, by reading your word, by worshiping, you'll be sensitive to the schemes and tactics of the enemy and know what he's trying to do in your life. Amen. You have to be sensitive to that. You have to know because see the Holy Spirit has the best thing for you and he's going to, he knows all about you. He's going to tell you what's going on. He doesn't want you in bondage. He doesn't want you getting hurt. He doesn't want you getting sick. So he's going to talk to you about things that you're doing. Maybe you're doing something wrong with your body. You know, it is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're doing something wrong. So see the Holy Spirit, you know, I've told you about the sugar thing. Richard's told you about the sugar thing. And um, 
you know, how both, both of us, not even talking to each other, both of us, the Holy Spirit dealt with the sugar thing. You know, the sugar, too much sugar, too much sugar. <laughs> okay, it's okay. You can smile. You can smile. Y'all, y'all look like I'm going to beat you up with a stick or something. I don't know what this is. But anyway, <clears throat> so, you know, so he will talk to you about maybe you're not eating enough vegetables. Maybe you need to fast. <laughs> maybe you need to fast. I'm not talking to you, but anyway, maybe you do. <laughs> yeah, so so he'll talk to you about the things that you need to do, be doing. And he won't just blast it in your ear. He'll go, here, can I use you as an example? He'll just go, okay, stand up here. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he'll, he'll just kind of, got that still small voice, you know, and you, you have this, and pretty soon if you don't do it, he'll go, would you stop doing that? Please stop doing that. Pretty soon he'll go, you're not doing anything about it. Stop doing it. I told you to stop doing that. You're going to get in trouble, man. <laughs> okay. But see, he'll, he'll work with you where you are. He'll work with you and he'll keep talking to you. He's trying to get you out of trouble. He's trying to get you out of trouble before you step both feed into it. <laughs> anyway, that isn't my message, but I, I'm talking about healing and how, how um, you know, we went over some of those scripture verses last week where people were healed and we saw how important faith is in that coming to pass. You know, and I talked to you about last week how Romans 10, 9 and 10, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, you will be saved. It's, it's, it's that simple. We make faith so difficult. We really do. I, I remember sitting under faith teachers. I'm going, I don't know if I'm going to get this. You know, I mean, it was just so, I'm trying to understand that. This and this and this and this and this, and I'm supposed to have that. But I, the Lord just showed me that if you um, believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, you have a manifestation of what, what um, God said. Amen? Because, you know, when we get born again, we believe it in our heart. Because somebody preached the word, right? The word. And so we have it in our heart and we confess it with our mouth and the, and we are, <laughs> what are we? Healed, saved, yeah, whole, whatever. So we believe in our heart and confess it with our mouth. By Jesus' stripes, I am healed. I believe that in my heart and I confess it with my mouth. Okay? Okay. So let's look at, I want to look at a few of these scripture verses and different places where people receive their healing to encourage you. And we'll probably talk about, they're not the same ones. We'll talk about a few of them a little bit more than others. But Luke 4, 38. Um, and this has got to do with Peter's, Peter's mother-in-law. And he arose and left the synagogue and entered Simon's home. Now Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever and they made request of him on her behalf. I think uh, King James says they pleaded or besought. Besought, okay. That that word besought there, to me, immediately thought about you as an intercessor or me as an intercessor. We plead. We plead. When we go into a place of intercession, we're standing in the gap for that person. And we can go before the Lord and bring a manifestation of healing to them. Amen? You don't hear of it that way very often. 
But that does happen. That is the case. Remember the lady that I just got a phone call to pray for her, and she was being rushed to the hospital, and I knew nothing. But the Lord, um, I stood in the gap where she was, and she had. I was going like this, and I knew it was a heart situation. So uh, I prayed effectively for her. When she got there, there was no damage, no more pain. So see the the. Us as the body of Christ, we can stand in the gap. Now, now with that, there's more knowledge. You can't take on what you're praying for. You can't take it on. You've got to keep it away. Just like when you lay hands on somebody, you don't take it on. You keep it. You, you lose your faith. Okay? You don't, you don't ever take it on. Okay, so, so um, um, and standing over her, he rebuked the fever, and it left her, and she immediately arose and waited on them. So she was suffering from a high fever, and they made requests of him on her behalf. Sounds like intercession to me, right? Uh-huh. And so, and standing over her, he rebuked the fever, and it left her. See, the first time I ever heard that word, rebuke the fever, I've used that ever since. I, ever since I've run into anybody with a fever, I rebuke it. I just say exactly that. I rebuke fever in Jesus' name. I command it to get off in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. So let's go on to um, Luke 5.12. We're going to probably stay in Luke. I, I went through all of Luke because Luke was a doctor, and I figured he had some good examples of healing. Luke 5.12. And it came about that while he was in one of the cities, behold, there was a man full of leprosy. Now, this is my own thinking, my own opinion, and I'm not a doctor like Joe over here, but Joe may correct me later. But leprosy, I, to me, I think it, I think today the modern day thing is cancer. Cancer eats, you know? That's my thinking. It got quiet in here, didn't it? But anyway, and it came about that while he was in one of the cities, behold, there was a man full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and implored him, saying, what happened again there? Implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Okay, is there faith involved there? Was there faith involved? Yes, yeah. Lord, if you are willing. The question was, is the Lord willing? But he already knew you can make me clean. He already knew that. He already had faith. You just need to find out, is Jesus willing? Of course, we know that today, that Jesus is willing, don't we? Yeah, yeah, because he paid the price. Okay, and he stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy left. You know, as I was going through these, I saw so many places where immediately this happened. Immediately this happened. Now, I, I, want, I want to see it immediately like that. But if you don't see something immediately... You keep your faith on it, and things can take some time for a total manifestation. Walking out the healing in my back, it, it took me a number of years <clears throat> standing against the sciatic pain in my back, But and I would have people pray for me, and then I'd believe God, or I'd stand against it myself. But it took a while that I don't deal with that anymore. Praise God, I don't deal with that. And so if if the symptom or the thing wants to come, in Jesus' name, I command my body to line up with the word of God, my muscles to relax. I command the pain to leave in Jesus' name. Adjustments come to my body right now. I speak to my body. See, you have authority. 
You speak to your body and tell it what it's supposed to do. You tell it it's healed by Jesus' stripes. Amen? You tell it. You tell it. You've got the authority. Amen? Everybody understand that? Okay. Um, okay, verse 13. Did we do that one? I think we did. Yeah. Let, let us say, okay, Luke 5 now, please. Five um, eighteen, please. And behold, some men were carrying on a bed a man who was paralyzed, and they were trying to bring him in and to set him down in front of him. If you were in children's church as a young kid, you would see the picture. <laughs> you would see that picture. They would put those on. Well, maybe none of you saw those, but I have a stack of them at home that I got in children's church. But anyway, they're big pictures like that. And you'd see these men carrying this bed. There would be four of them, and they were trying to get in. Pretty soon they were on the roof. They were on the roof trying to open that up. And that's what it's saying here. Behold, some men were carrying on a bed a man who was paralyzed, and they were trying to bring him in and to set him down in front of Jesus. And not finding any way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let him down through the tiles with his stretcher right in the center front of Jesus. And seeing their faith, Jesus said, friend, your sins are forgiven you. And, and, um, and then, of course, the scribes and the Pharisees. But anyway, whose faith, were, whose faith brought the manifestation for that man? The people that were letting him down on that? Uh-huh. Now, Jesus already knew that he needed to repent. See, the sickness and disease was probably there because of the sin issue anyway. But, so he dealt with that. But, but if those men hadn't stood in the gap and brought him into a place of being able to be healed, would he have received his healing? Hmm? No. No, he wouldn't. He wouldn't have received it. See, okay. Let's go to Luke 7, please. Um, I'm going to start with two. Of course, this is the centurion. This is my favorite of all of them. And um, I usually read eight, or um, I think it's Mark 8. or one. It's 8-something, Matthew 8 maybe. But anyway, this one, uh, and a certain centurion slave who was highly regarded by him was sick and about to die. And when he heard about Jesus, he sent some Jewish elders. Now, some of the versions say he went. To Jesus, but he sent here, he sent some Jewish elders asking him to come and save the life of his slave. And when they had come to Jesus, they earnestly entreated him. What are they doing again? Earnestly entreating? <laughs> earnestly entreating? I'm verse 4 of chapter 7. Earnestly entreating, entreated him, saying, He is worthy for you to grant this to him. They were standing in the gap again, interceding interceding you know talk to the lord the lord knows what people do but talk to him hey i have need of this person here i have need of this person in my life i have need of this person he's serving you he's he's loving you he's here all the time i have need of that person in this church amen talk to the lord about that stuff that's part of your standing in the gap and that's what they were doing here too um And when they had come to Jesus, they earnestly entreated him, saying, and verse 4 again, He is worthy for you to grant him this, for he loves our nation. He loves our nation, and it was he who built us our synagogue. 
Now Jesus started, see the things they said about him there? And now Jesus started on his way with them. And when he was already not far from the house, the centurion sent friends saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself further, for I am not worthy for you to come even under my roof. For this reason, I do not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But just say the word and my servant will be healed. And of course, you know, for I too am a man under authority. He, he understood authority and understood speaking the word. And he knew, he knew that if Jesus would speak the word, that his servant would be healed. And so that's why Jesus acknowledged that as a, a great faith. Amen? Okay, Luke 8. We're just jumping over to Luke 8. Um, we're going to start with 43. And we talked about this one a little bit last week. The, the woman who had the um, hemorrhage for 12 years and could not be healed by anyone came up behind him and touched the fringe of his cloak, and immediately her hemorrhage stopped. And Jesus said, Who is the one who touched me? And while they were all denying it, Peter said, Master, think about it. <laughs> the multitudes are crowding and pressing upon you. Jesus said, Someone did touch me, for I was aware that power had gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she had not escaped notice, she came trembling you see, they're not, they weren't supposed to be in public. When they're like that, they're not supposed to be in public. And, and, and when the woman saw that she had not escaped notice, she came trembling and fell down before him and declared in the presence of all the people the reason why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Okay, so so she she knew about Jesus and she knew that Jesus could bring the healing, right? So what was her action there? What was her action that she did? Hmm? What was the action that she did? She reached out and touched him. See, she had to put action uh, w- with her faith. She had to put the two together. So she reached out and touched him and she received. Amen? She reached out and touched him, and she received her healing, okay? And then back up just a little bit to 841, just a little bit. Behold, there came a man named um, Jairus, and he was an official in the synagogue, and he fell at Jesus' feet and began to entreat him to come to his house. For he had an only daughter, about 12 years old, and she was dying. But as he went, the multitude were pressing against him, and a woman who had a hem- oh wait pressing against him and picks it back up. Um, oh wait, sorry, the woman was pressing against him anyway. We've talked about the virtue before, about the virtue flowing out of you, and you you can tell when somebody's receiving and when they're not. Okay, and we talked about that. Everybody understand that? So that's what was going on with the woman with the hemorrhage. She was able to pull. By faith, she reached out by faith and got a hold of that healing that was flowing through him, and she received that, and she was healed. Okay, now we're going to jump back over. We're going to go over here to 49. Um, and while he was still speaking, someone came from the house where Jairus and his little girl were, uh, of the synagogue official saying, Your daughter has died. Do not trouble the teacher anymore. But when Jesus heard this, he answered him, Do not be afraid any longer, only believe, and she shall be made well. So fear becomes a problem. Fear 
Fear becomes a problem if you're going to receive, try to receive healing. Fear is a problem. So so he made it real clear, do not be afraid any longer, only believe, and she shall be made well. And when he had come to the house, he did not allow anyone to enter with him except Peter and John and James and the girl's father and mother. Of course, now they were all weeping and lamenting for her, but he said, stop weeping, for she is not dead but asleep. Of course, they laughed at him about that. But that's really, that particular area is really important if you've got people in the room. And when you're going to go pray for somebody and you know that they're not in belief, they're doubting, um, ask them to step out. You want somebody in the room that is going to be in agreement with you, that's going to walk in faith and believe God what you're believing. Even if you have someone pray for you, you don't want someone praying for you if they say, let it be God's will. You don't want someone praying for healing for you if they don't believe that healing is for today and they don't believe that Jesus paid the price on the cross. You don't want that to happen. Don't let them do that. Yeah, okay. Okay, let's go to um, Luke 13, please. Okay, so this, Luke 13, 10. And he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who for 18 years had had a sickness caused by a spirit. And she was bent double and could not straighten up at all. And when Jesus saw her, he called her over and said to her, Woman, you are free from your sickness. So what caused the sickness there? A spirit caused the sickness there. And so she was... He commanded the demonic influence to leave, and she stood upright. She'd been that way 18 years. And that's where your gift of discerning of spirits comes in. You're able to discern, are you dealing with a spirit? Are you dealing with a a real need for a, a healing need? Are you dealing with both? Some situations, there is a demonic influence that is working off of a physical problem. I mean, I've shared those things before with you, you know, where people are shattered in their emotions. When they're shattered in their emotions, a demonic influence will work off of every piece of that shatter. That's why you have people that um, are um, have maybe nine different voices or ten different voices. There's a demonic influence that's working off every part of that soul area that's been shattered. Understand that? It's not just some phenomenon. <laughs> phenomenon. <laughs> it's not a supernatural event when somebody's somebody's talks ten different uh, ten different voices to you. That's not God. That's not get rid of it. I mean, get rid of it. Ain't God if there's this one, you know? I haven't run into ten. I've run into a few, <laughs> but I haven't run into ten. <laughs> anyway, but that's what that's what that is. Each, each one of those shattered pieces is a hurt and a wound. And if, they, if they're not helped, it works off of that. Does that make sense? Okay. Okay, so uh, Luke 18, please. And I would encourage you to go back and read through these yourself. Um, 1835. We're going we're gonna to talk a little bit more about faith uh, as we get going here. 1835, and it came about that as he was approaching Jericho, a certain blind man was sitting by the road begging. Now hearing a multitude going by, he began to inquire what what this might be. 
And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. Well, he obviously had heard of Jesus. And he called out saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I mean, if he hadn't heard of Jesus, why would he be calling it out? You know, then he and, and those who led the way were, were sternly telling him, be quiet. But he kept crying out even more. Son of David, have mercy on me. What was he doing there when he was crying out even more? It didn't matter what somebody said to him. What was he doing? Expressing his faith. He wanted, he wanted, he knew about Jesus and he he goes, um, son of David, have mercy on me. He just cried louder. He wanted, he wanted Jesus. And Jesus stopped and commanded that he be brought to him. And when he had come near, he questioned, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do? And he said, Lord, I want to regain my sight. Do you hear any doubt in that? He knew exactly what he wanted from Jesus. And Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he regained his sight and began following him, glorifying God. And when all the people saw it, they gave praise to God. Amen. Okay, let's go to one in Acts. Um, Acts, there's mean there's more, but I just went to one in Acts 14. Um, 14, verse 8. And at Lystra, there was sitting a certain man without strength in his feet, lame from his mother's womb, who had never walked. This man was listening to Paul as he spoke, who when he had fixed his gaze upon him and had seen that he had faith to be made well. Paul had fixed his gaze. He knew by the Spirit of God that he um, had faith to be made well. Verse 10. He said with a loud voice, stand upright. Paul saying, stand upright on your feet. And he leaped up and began to walk. So, so again, again, faith was perceived or was understood in that situation. Okay. So do you understand the importance of believing God and, and confessing with your mouth what you have or what you want? Amen. Okay. So let's go to Mark. Mark, please. 11. We talked about this a little bit last week, but I think this was so. Every time I, every time I do this, Mark eleven, it just seems like it jumps out at me more and more all the time. Mark eleven, please. And we're probably going to go <clears throat> maybe back and forth a little bit here, um, but we're going to focus on Mark eleven twenty two. It says, "Have faith in God, or have the faith of God." It says, "Have faith of God." And that means um, constantly having the faith of God. Constantly. It doesn't mean you take a break because you're tired of doing that. But we, <laughs> and people do do that. You know, that means you, you stay constant in your faith, believing God. And, and you'll see why here in, in a little bit. Um, have faith. You don't need to turn there, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over here to James 1.6. Constantly. Well, James 1 6 makes it real clear why we don't want to doubt. But let him ask in faith without any doubting, for the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man expect that he will receive anything from the Lord, being a double minded man, unstable in all his ways. So if you're not walking in a place of faith, don't expect to receive anything from the Lord, being a double minded man. You understand that? <laughs> Do you understand what that 
what that's saying. Don't expect to receive. So if you go back over here to Mark 11, have faith in God. Have that constant faith in God. Amen? Have that constant faith in God. Expect to receive. Don't be double-minded. When you pray and ask the Lord for something, for something, whether it's healing, whatever it is, don't be double-minded about it. Don't say out of the other side of your mouth, well, I guess I haven't got it because I didn't get it in two minutes. If I lay hands on you and we're praying, we're believing God for healing, then keep your confession going that same way. Don't doubt. Don't start doubting that you didn't get it. That's how you lose it. (laughs) Amen? Okay, so verse 23 then. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it shall be granted to him. Okay, so that word says there, I've shared this before, that word says there means to keep on saying. Keep on saying. Truly I say to you, whoever keeps on saying, keeps on saying, to this, keeps speaking to the mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea and does not doubt. Whatever that mountain is, if it's debt, if it's sickness and disease, whatever that mountain is, you speak to it and command it to go in Jesus' name. You keep speaking to it. Um, let me, let, I want to demonstrate that and I, we're going to do this. I want you to experience the difference when you do confession, okay? When you do, take a scripture verse and do confession. So I'm going to read this scripture verse, and you're going to say it after me like we usually do. And just repeat it after me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things things. through Christ Christ. who strengthens me. I can can. do all things things. through Christ Christ. who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ Christ. who strengthens me. I can, I can, and I will do all things through Christ who always Always strengthens me. Let me ask you, do you notice a difference just because we did that about four or five times? You sense the strength come forth? That's what confession does. That's what just taking one scripture verse and doing that will do. Strengthens you, does exactly what you speak out. It does exactly. And see, see, you need to, it, it, it doesn't matter. Maybe you don't have a believing on it right away, but the more you say it, you're hearing it and faith comes by hearing. The more you say it, you're hearing it. Faith comes by hearing. The more you say it, you hear it. Faith is being built up that that scripture verse does mean what it says it does. Amen. So if you take a, by Jesus' stripes, I am healed. And you can put emphasis in different places. By Jesus' stripes, I am healed. By Jesus' stripes, I am healed. Amen? And and you speak that out. You get to a place where you speak that out of a place of faith. Just like you believed in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. You believed in your heart and you confessed with your mouth and you are saved. You speak that out in a place of faith. You do it the same way. The same way. And you are saved. Of course, saved literally means there you are you are healed, you are saved, you are delivered, you are prosperous, you are 
um, blessed, whatever. It, that's what that word there means. So why not believe it in your heart and confess it with your mouth, whatever you're believing God for. Amen. Jesus bore my sickness and disease. He carried it away and he gave me a robe of righteousness. Whatever you need, find a scripture verse to confess and then stay on it like a chicken on a bug. You know what I mean? Chicken on a bug. You young people don't know what that means. But if you were raised on a farm, you know what that means. The chickens, they'd get on these bugs and they'd stay on them until they had them. Amen? So that's what we need to do with the scriptures. We stay on it until we have it. Amen? Okay, so um, back to Mark 11. So, so uh, truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, so see, in doing that confession, you're saying to the mountain, and that mountain has to leave, has to be picked up and thrown, okay? Picked up and be taken up and cast into the sea and does not doubt in your heart, because we already understood what doubt does. You don't expect to receive anything from the Lord if you're in a doubt. So he does not doubt in your heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen believes that what he says is going to happen, it shall be granted him. I think Abraham is probably the best example of that, where he was the father of many nations, where he was the best example of that. And, you know, he was told he was going to have a son, and he looked at his body and contemplated it. Okay, I'm going to hope against hope. I'm not going to look at my body, and I'm not going to look at Sarah's body, but I'm going to... Hope on in God because God promised it. So he stayed in that place of hoping and believing and what he says is going to happen. And it did happen. It was granted to him. Amen. And so he hoped against hope. But see, he had to be, he, if you look at Romans, that's in Romans 4. And I was going to turn us there, but we don't need to. Romans 4, 17, I think. You, 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 um, he hoped against hope, but at the same time, he was believing. He was believing in what God had told him, and he became fully persuaded. He became fully persuaded in what God had said. So so I think that's a good clue when we know what the healing scripture verses are. You have to become fully persuaded in understanding what the word means when, when by Jesus' stripes I'm healed. So when you're meditating just that scripture verse, you take it and pick it apart. What does that word mean? What does that word mean? What does that word mean? How do I apply it? Hmm, How do I confess it? What does that word mean to me? How do I put it to work in my life? Amen? And so so you do that, and then then you become fully persuaded. And then then Abraham talks about he worshipped God. He worshipped God. He was fully persuaded. And see, worship is a... Uh, worship is an important part, you know, in um, healing as well. So um, that plays a big role. We weren't really focusing on that today. But um, 24, therefore I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them and they shall be granted. And we talked a little bit about that word, believe that you have received them. That word receive there means seize, seize. See, it's like Jesus did everything for you. He's given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. It's up to you to seize it. It's up to you to receive it, to seize it, to get a hold of it. 
and pull it in. It's yours. It's yours. But much of the body of Christ is walking around. They don't know they're healed. They don't know that they can be prosperous. They don't know that they're free from fear and torment. They don't know those things. But see, if they understand that by the by the uh, blood of Jesus Christ, they have been set free. And they can take that and seize it or receive it. Receive it. So it's that receive word there is that you don't just stand here and dump it on me, Lord. <laughs> that word there is you get a hold of it and you seize it. You get a hold of it and bring it in. It's mine. And you're not going to take it away from me. You dumb devil. <laughs> I don't have too much time for devils. I really don't. I don't care what they do in the natural. They don't have time. I don't have time for them in the natural either. <laughs> We're not supposed to wrestle against flesh and blood. Is that right? We're not supposed to. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's go. Um, so, so therefore I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them. See, it's all, you have to believe it's all, you've already received it. Isn't that right? You have to believe you've already received it. It's, he's making that real clear. Believe that you have received them, and they shall be granted you. That's called, what's that called? What's that called? Faith. Mm-hmm, faith. And of course, 25, and whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also is in heaven may forgive you your transgressions so basically i mean you need to make sure you're in a right standing position and forgiving is one of those places one of those things that you need to make sure is right okay all right so um matthew 14 22 matthew 14 22 this is where peter walks on the water and you know i have that image i have that image of that after seeing um um, the play Jesus and Branson. I, every time I see this, I, I picture, I can see that where Jesus' hand reached down and pulled Peter up out of the water. And so I have that image always, always there in my thinking because I saw that happen. Um, so let's look at um, 14.22, I believe we'll start 22. And immediately he made... The disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And after he had sent the multitudes away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. You'll see that a lot that he did get away from the crowds so he could pray. Um, there's such a need for that, too, in, in, in especially if you're, you know, in a place of uh, the Lord using you a lot in ministry. And when it was evening, he was there alone. But the boat was already many stadia, is that how you say that, stadia, away from the land, battered by the winds, waves, for the wind was contrary, or um, I think King James says boisterous, boisterous. We've, we've experienced some of those boisterous winds around here, haven't we? And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea, of course, the fourth watch is around three to six in the morning. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were frightened, saying, it's a ghost, and they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come 
command me to come to you on the water. Verse 29, and he said, come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. That was the word of the Lord that Jesus spoke to him, the word of the Lord that said, come. Like the word of the Lord, by Jesus' stripes you're healed. The word of the Lord here was come. Jesus spoke it. The word, see, the word is alive and active. The word is is uh, a medicine and it's a healing and it's health and it's uh, life to your spirit. Amen. And Peter not got out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. Okay, and he said, "Come." He said, "Come." And then verse thirty. But seeing the wind, which was boisterous, he became what? Afraid. He became afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. Okay, so Peter believed the word that he heard from Jesus saying, come. And so Peter got out of the boat on the word. He got out of the boat, no matter the boisterous winds and everything. He got out of the boat and walked. He got out of the boat and and made that move. Just like when we know about Jesus' stripes brings healing, we get out of the boat And we start walking on that scripture, believing that scripture verse, by his stripes I'm healed. We believe that scripture verse, and we get out of the boat and we walk on it. But then we get hit with maybe a circumstance or a symptom, another symptom, whatever it is that we get hit by. The boisterous winds we get hit by, and we become afraid. Well, it could be. What if uh, maybe I should? You know, we become afraid, and then we start to sink. We start to think, and we because we have made the the wind Lord, the symptom Lord, instead of Jesus Lord. Amen. Okay. So does that does that help you understand that a little bit about you know not looking at the winds and the waves, whatever it is you're believing God for, whatever it is, you don't look at the winds and the waves. You stand firm on His word because He spoke it. If this He spoke this word. And you stand on it and you walk it, walk on it. Amen. Okay. Um, so let's see. Let's keep going here. And he said, "Come." And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But seeing the wind boisterous, he became afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, "Lord, save me!" Again, fear is the same as doubt, having doubt and unbelief. Fear, doubt, and unbelief. You know. So. So, uh, and verse 31, and immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And see, that word doubt there means to waver mentally, waver mentally in what God has said in his word. And when they got into the boat, the wind stopped. Of course, it all stopped because he was in a place of protection at that same time. Amen? So... Peter acted on the word. He was a doer at that first. He wasn't just a hearer of it. And a, a, a lot of the church is a hearer. I'm not talking about our church. A lot of the church is a hearer. And they never do anything with the word that they hear. And so if they don't do anything, they haven't mixed faith with it to accomplish whatever they're believing God for. Does that make sense? Yeah. So the church needs to not only hear it, but then do it. I remember years ago, I didn't know anything about this, but I remember, well, if God said in his word, then I'm going to start doing it. I'm going to do it. So a lot of the things, when I immediately know I have a rhema on it, I put it to work. I do it. I apply it in my life. 
and I, I stopped doing whatever I wasn't supposed to be doing. You know what I mean? Anyway, so, so that's really important. Um, and as long as Peter walked on that water, he didn't sink. As long as he walked on the water, he wasn't sinking. He was being, uh, he, he, that's why it's so important that we, we focus on what Jesus has said in his word and not the things, there's a scripture verse that talks about the things to the right or the things to the left. We don't focus on the winds, the boisterous winds and the lies. The enemy will tell, will come and tell you a bunch of lies to get you to take your, your faith off of what you're believing for. Now, the minute you do that, like I said, you'll start to sink. But there's there's still hope in that. When you know you have done that, don't just keep sinking. <laughs> Say, Lord, I repent. I got I got off the word. I ask you to forgive me. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And this is what I believe in my heart. And I'm going to confess with my mouth that by Jesus' stripes, I am healed. Amen? So if you got off and you got into a place of doubt, repent. Because doubt is still sin, right? Isn't doubt still sin? Last I knew of it was. Isn't <laughs> that right? Yeah, so if you're in a place of doubt and unbelief, it's sin. It's sin, so repent and get, get right with the Lord. And the, and the doubt and unbelief, if it's up here in your thinking, if you're believing God for something, you have doubt and unbelief here, you, you need to do something with it. Repent and then just fill your time with the word, the word, the word, the word. You know, it's like I told you, you know, those ladies, uh, Lily B. Yeoman, um, you know, they had those those four rooms where people would, they'd bring people that were on their deathbeds and they'd sit down and read the word for two hours solid, go get go get a meal, come back and read the word to these people for two hours solid, and they'd get them doing a confession. They'd get them doing that confession that we wrote out there and they'd have them saying that confession. And this lady that was on her deathbed, in 48 hours she got up off of her feet. But you have to do it. You know, you have to do it. You have to hear it. You have to put it to work in your life. You have to believe it and confess it with your mouth. So, um, okay, so I have to see. Let's see. I think, um, I think, we'll, we'll, I think we'll, I mean, we could go on to um, Joshua and Caleb, you know, that whole scenario where they, they went into the, well, they were supposed to go into the promised land, but they didn't. Didn't get there because the majority of them were afraid, even though they had the promise. But they never got their promise because they were afraid, the majority, and so they stayed back. Remember when they used they would say, um, well, I wish we were back in Egypt, and they would speak that out. I think that's uh, number something. But they wished they were back in Egypt, and, you know, they were doing that, and... Um, they did get that prayer later on answered. Next chapter over, they got that prayer answered, and they ended up being in the wilderness for 40 years. Never did see the promised land. You see what I'm saying? So we, as believers, we've got all these promises, and we can have the promise. We can have that promised land. We can have the the all of that God has promised us is ours. It is ours. Actually, we should be walking in place just like Adam and Eve did in the Garden of Eden before they fell. That's what we have available to us. But it's going to have to, it's going to be some effort on our part to believe God for healing, to believe God for finances, for blessings. That's where the church should be walking, right? Everybody understand that? That's where the church should be walking.
Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. That's right, right. Yeah, the um, Abraham that was giving praise. He did that after he went while he was being fully persuaded and giving thanks. You know, the the expression of praise and thanks is actually just expressing what you believe in God and what God has done for you. Expressing that out of your heart. It's not a head thing, but you know, if you start it out in your head, you'll become a heart thing. I remember when I first started, I'm going, you know, where's my hands? I'm just going to do this. You know, it doesn't matter to me now. I can be in a group of people. If they don't want to lift their hands, I don't care. If I'm prompted to lift my hands and I want to love God, they'll just have to go sit on attack. You know? I mean, really. I mean, if I'm going, if I want to worship God, I'm going to worship God. I'm not going to be inhibited. Or in, is that the right word? I'm not going to be... Uh, whatever. <laughs> but, you know, that's why, I mean, here there's so much freedom to worship God. And like I said a couple of Sundays ago, if you get so blessed, you want to run around the room, go ahead. Do that. That doesn't mean everybody has to run around the room, but you know, it could be a little chaotic that way. But, but if you get, I mean, worship God. You have the opportunity here and the freedom to love God and worship him. And when you're doing that, your heart is thanking him for who he is and what he's given you and what he's doing doing, and what he's going to do. It's a, it's a faith action. It's a faith action to worship him and love him because you know who he is. If you don't know who your father is and you don't know what Jesus has done and who he is and you don't know who the Holy Spirit is, that makes this a little t- tough. So I would I would encourage you to find time to get to know him. Get that re- personal relationship. Spend time worshiping him in your own private private time with him. Because he's as real as I am standing here. He's as real as I'm standing here. And, you know, the, this room is filled with angels. You can't see them, but they're filled with it's filled with angels. Amen. It is. It is because I, I'll welcome them, and I, I think we all we all do, and I think we all should welcome. But they're here. Sometimes we've been able to tap into hearing them sing, and like Jerry saw one. Um, it's been a couple months back. I mean, there was one sitting with me. That's why I was doing worship, sitting at the piano, and then Jerry saw one back there. So see, God, ask for the Lord to show you these things. He wants you to see. He wants you to see what's going on in the spirit realm. If it's going to be of a benefit and encouragement to you. Um, It's just as real as right here. The spirit realm is just as real as here. 